Good day and welcome to today's Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. I am really excited today to have Ann Dealman uh, join me on today's podcast. Um, Ann, welcome. Thanks, Denise. Glad to be here today. Yeah. So just for the audience, why don't you give a little background on yourself and what you're doing at Pima around digital transformation and innovation with your members, as well as I know that you're involved in some helping different organizations from a leadership standpoint as well. No, sure. So I've been in the financial services and insurance industry the majority of my career. And what do they say? Like once you get in that you, you never leave. For me, I've always been on the growth side of the business, but I have a deep passion around creating good consumer experiences. So I've always been running adjacent to digital technology. And I think one of the reasons I find the industry really exciting right now is how digital can advance the overall experience that companies are creating for both their employees and their customers. So from a Pima perspective, we're a member-driven trade association for executive leaders in the sponsored benefits market, which you and I also know we refer to as affinity and program business. And our mission really is convening leaders to create business growth through collaboration, education, and innovation. And in January, uh, we had completed an 18-month digital transformation initiative. Very thankful in hindsight that we had aggressively moved that initiative forward because we've still been able to convene the leaders digitally in this private community, even though in-person interactions in our industry have ceased for a while. So I think for us, we've, we've still moved forward with that transformation and convening those leaders and bringing innovation into the marketplace. We're just doing it a little bit differently uh, in a private community that is that network of financial services leaders. It's a place for them to come and make high quality connections. And then also really just be the source to know and understand the changing dynamics of the benefit space, which again, a, a great way and a, a reason I'm thrilled to be with you today. Yeah. So, you know, we met at uh, Global Insurance Accelerator and also at Pima about four or five years ago. I actually spoke at the Pima conference on industry trends and innovation, and it was a great conversation. And we had a lot of separate conversations following that. You know, a lot's happened since then with regard to InsureTech and also for the affinity and program business market and offering a lot of new and personalized products kind of reaching into some new markets, like the gig economy as one. So talk about what you've seen from an insure tech perspective and how are your members are responding? Yeah, I, I still remember those moments at the, at the Global Insurance Accelerator. And then I believe we were in, I think we were in Washington, the state of Washington yeah. for that conference. So it uh, feels like a really long time ago. <laughs> so I think for Pima, uh, there's a, a couple things to, to think about. One is Pima believes to have an impact that it's important to unite a broad collective of businesses across the entire continuum. So a truly interactive ecosystem. And I think that's important because when we look at our members and the people who participate in our trade association, they're gonna be by nature, more of a partnership collaborative type of leader. It's kind of interesting and we'll even have competitors that in peer programs and in peer opportunities share with one another, even though when they leave Pima, they're competing. But I think it stems to their desire to see the industry succeed and a testament to them as leaders. So what I'm seeing, at least in our membership, is an increase in partnerships 
and companies are really collaborating rather to do a couple things. I think one, it's collaboration to create stronger offerings for their customers and, and deliver mm -hmm. what their customers are asking for. Two, it's adding capabilities to fill in gaps for their organizations, knowing that they can't do everything themselves. And then third, really to speed up their development. We saw a lot of activity in 19. Uh, and then I started to notice it began to pick up again in the second half of this year. I, I think as companies got their sea legs, so to speak, with the pandemic and started to get, you know, out of the crisis and, and be back to more forward thinking. So a couple recent examples uh, for our membership. So Franklin Madison, which is a leading provider in marketing insurance solutions, uh, recently announced a strategic investment and partnership with InsureTech leader Matic. So Maddox, a digital insurance agency focused on integrating insurance into a home and auto experience. So that's a recent one. And then another one that was earlier this year, Armada Health. So they're a leading provider of patient physician matching intelligence, partnered with AGIA Affinity. That's a, a leading insurance partner to large associations. And so what they've done is Armada Health's patient physician matching solutions been coupled with AGIA supplemental insurance to create new offerings in the market. So I think those are just a couple examples that we're seeing of this continued desire to partner and to collaborate, again, ultimately to meet the needs of our customers. Your point about uh, we can't do everything within our four walls anymore, it really is about uh, partnerships and it's about building out that ecosystem of partners, whether it's partners that can be alternative channels, it's partners that can provide some capabilities to make your offerings more valuable. You know, there's a lot of different ways that we can really expand our reach and accelerate our growth. I think through that, that whole concept of partnership and ecosystems. From a leadership perspective, we, we know, right, if we surround ourselves with some of the best and smartest people and they debate us and they challenge us and they tell us things that we really need to hear that we don't want to hear, we become better leaders and ultimately, right, better at leading our organizations forward. So you mentioned at the beginning of the year that you guys published that Affinity 2030 report. Talk about what the research was about and what were the kind of some of the key points in there uh, for the Affinity and program business market over the next 10 years. So in the spring of 2020, we published a research report called Affinity 2030, Exploring Our Blind Spots for a Brighter Future. And I think in that research, Pima really just set out to explore a single question for this Affinity business. And the question was, how do we remain relevant? And I think what we found is, of course, the world of affinity marketing is indeed changing, but we really tried to probe in a number of areas to help paint a, a picture and a path of how executives could lead their organizations forward. We found a number of things, but there's three I really wanted to highlight today that I think really came out in the research. The, the first is sometimes the best way to understand change is to first think about the things that aren't changing. So in our industry, those two constants are risk and trust. What's not a constant is the world in which risk and trust reside. So if we really kind of sit in this concept of risk and trust will always be here, yet they're always changing, then that really takes us back to understanding that innovation is alive and well in this market. We just need to think about it through a different lens. I think the second thing that I wanted to point out that we found is to build on that, how trust is changing and that consumers have absolutely no guaranteed loyalty 
to an old model. So if we think about just our own personal experiences, you know, we stay at mm -hmm. strangers' homes because we can look at reviews from other customers and their, their pieces in, in the technology and, and in that whole experience that give us more confidence. So what we learned in that research is again, customers have no guaranteed loyalty to a model, but they will find new ways to trust so they can live that life of, of certainty. And then the third one, um, which we can elaborate on a little bit later, but I think the third one is really, there is an opportunity to restore the affinity model back to making it simple again. And I love that concept of simple. L let's kind of dive into that a, a little bit more. So I think if we really think about that, that concept, we've, we've taken affinity from transactional to strategic and i think where the opportunity is is to go back to simple so the origins of affinity and affinity marketing was pretty easy to understand it was very linear and we sent trackable direct mail to people's homes and they made a decision yes or no but if we think about the world we live in right now you know customers can really no longer be reached in such a linear model because there are too many places in too many devices are uh, with too many devices doing too many things. So I think the onus is on us as, as the marketers. We've got to meet our customers where they are, yet we've got to really bring back simplicity to the market for our customers. So if we think about the data science and AI and all the technology tools we have, we can still create those personal experiences, yet make them simple for our customers. And honestly, almost going back to the roots of how affinity marketing got started, which was a, a, a simple, right, buying experience. You know, simplicity is a really important aspect. We've done some research around that, actually around buyers and uh, buyers of insurance. And I think that simplicity, making it simple so that they buy instead of us having to sell is a really important factor and is really a game changer. I think if we go back to the basics, and we think about the customer first because customer focus, in my opinion, is always a win-win. And if we focus in on the customer, how and what they need and how they want to interact, and we make it simple enough that it's easy for them just to buy, it becomes a whole different kind of opportunity for growth um, versus all of the complexities that we have built up around our business, our processes, you know, our, our approach to customers. Um, simplicity can go a long ways. No, absolutely. And I think just to elaborate on that point you said, it's like we, we just really have to put ourselves in the consumer's shoe. And, and, and I know we say it and sometimes it's overused, um, but we've really got to put our place where our customers are and meet them where they are and then pick up the journey from there. And I think that's where some savvy, innovative companies are really taking that outside-in approach and adapting to what customers want. It's where we've seen some of the um, interesting uh, new models come out of InsureTech, and now we're seeing it with Greenfield operations from traditional insurers that are starting up new products or maybe a new division or maybe a new brand that they're going out and they're reaching customers. Uh, they're trying to go back to the basics and to a, a different kind of foundation. No, great point. So, you know, one of the things that we just did with, uh, with you guys is we just completed some joint research, you know, that kind of compared what your members are doing around different channels and partnerships at reaching customers and contrasting that to the consumer research that we did earlier this year, particularly around life insurance and auto insurance. 
you know, what we found uh, jointly is that there's a lot of alignment around all of those traditional partnerships or those traditional, traditional channels, that that's where the main focus is. And that really aligns to this older generation, the boomers and the Gen X. But there's some real missed opportunities for growth, uh, particularly for the younger generation that we found. And I think it bodes well for the industry and bodes well for affinity and program business that if those that can really uh, look at these alternative channels and these alternative partnerships, there's some really interesting ways that you could begin to reach probably customers who have unmet uh, risk needs out there in the marketplace. What's your perspective? What's the feedback you've gotten from your PIMA members around this? Well, I think to, I would agree with that. And I think if we go back, you know, early to the research that we released this spring, the, the goal was really how do, how do organizations remain relevant? And I think when we were doing that, that study, really open to finding and sharing answers that people may not want to hear. <laughs> and one of that, you know, one of those answers and findings was that the traditional affinity model is nearing the end of its life as a dominant force. So for organizations that are really willing to accept that, then I think there's an abundance of opportunity that awaits them. And I think just to build on the comment about the, the older generation, um, might be true. The question I have is when you look at how fast we've progressed digitally and how much happens virtually and this big shift that we've had, you know, will we see some of their buying patterns and desires and interests change as well? I think that's a question that I have in the back of my mind as we think about coming out of this and, and developing new products and services. But to your point, I think if we look at where the new opportunity is, and it's kind of a conversation we've been having, if you can look at things through the eyes of the people who buy your products, then opportunity awaits and it goes back to, you know, risk and trust are always going to be two elements. We just have to look at it differently. You know, yeah. how do we build that trust and what are the, what is that risk and what are those risks? And there we see, there we see opportunity. There are a few things that the older generation are open to, you know, for example, you know, in our consumer research, we found that uh, they're open to buying and having the cost of auto insurance uh, included in the cost of the vehicle um, or buying it from the, the manufacturer. So there's an openness to, you know, getting insurance from, from alternative channels or having it embedded. And I think that to your point, it's really around the comfortableness of, of digital and the comfortableness um, and trust, quite frankly, that they have with other entities uh, that they can trust them to offer them the best coverage for what they need and, and maybe at that point in time. But at the same time, there's a whole uh, new set of types of partners that are really emerging in the uh, marketplace. How are you gonna partner around partners in the gig economy? How are you gonna partner around partners who are really into fitness and, and well-being? Uh, there's so many different things that this younger generation is very aligned to that really opens up a huge amount of opportunity for those that really can take, see the bigger picture and begin to kind of test those things out in the market. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, and I think the, the other thing just to comment on is I, I don't think that we can classify everything the same. Again, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the, of the consumers, there are certain products that have an emotional element to it, may have a very different path than something that is, 
needed and where we need to, to ensure our risk, but maybe they don't have the same emotional component to it. So I think it's important as we think about this and we think about remaining relevant and we look at all this research to also, again, if we think about from a consumer perspective, there are some things that are a very emotional purchase in the insurance realm and there are other things that are more just needed and necessary. And I think that people's behaviors are rapidly changing. And I would, I would suggest that particularly this year, given how we've all had to change our, our behaviors as a result of the pandemic, we have accelerated our acceptance of digital much greater, you know, across a, a large part of our, our lives, whether it's talking to our doctors digitally, uh, you know, through telemed or if it's ordering our groceries online and having them delivered. There's a lot of things that have just kind of changed people's behaviors. It'll be interesting to see over the next uh, couple of years how that continues to accelerate and changes a lot of other aspects of people's lives, particularly in the buying of insurance as well. Would you agree? I would, and I think to build on that, we as organizations uh, need to look at the shift in our customer expectations because it it may we may have seen the trend line make a dramatic shift with again this whole shift to digital and virtual and kind of reworking the whole way in which we live personally so i think it's important for us to really you know take a little bit of a time out and look at what our revised customer expectations might be and how they interact and how they work with us but you know this type of change i know another area that you're very uh, passionate about Anne, is around leadership and culture and to be honest, insurance companies have been around for a long period of time and, and our, our culture is, is to be risk averse uh, because that's kind of our business, so to speak. But really to have this type of uh, significant change from business models to how you engage with customers and the types of products, just kind of every aspect of insurance is really getting touched uh, with change. You have to have really strong leadership at the top and a culture that is really supportive of change is supportive of outside the box thinking. And that has to come from the top down. It's very difficult to have that type of change happen without that. Would you agree? And what do you kind of advise people about? It is, and I think our, our leaders and those at the top set the tone. I think there's a couple things that that leaders can do to start making that, that shift. I think one's just increasing self-awareness. If you look at a leader's actions and what they do and say on a daily basis, you know, you know it when you see it. I think the neat part about leadership is it's, it's mainly behavior-based and we can change and control our behaviors. So I think that's one piece of advice I give for leaders is just increasing your overall self-awareness. And the second one would be authentic listening. And I think this is increasingly getting more challenging with the devices and the volume of messages received. So we have to be disciplined and intentional about it. We often listen to be polite. <laughs> or we listen with the intent to respond, but true listening occurs when we attempt to understand from the other's point of view and not our own filter. So I think those are a couple of things as, again, as, as leaders and things that we can do to start building those cultures that are yeah. prepared and willing to change our, for our own behaviors, right? To increase our own self-awareness and then focus on authentic listening. So how are you thinking about the future of insurance and where do you see the industry in the next three to five years? Well, I think it's moving fast. <laughs> or, or I think it will, I think it <laughs> will be moving fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pace is going to be 
faster than we see before because I think our customers will will drive us that way. So I always think about the future from a growth perspective and the concept that a rising tide raises all ships. So if we accept that many people in the world are underinsured, then we can more clearly see the opportunities. And I think it's probably why I've been in the industry so long. Like, I think it's a product that inherently creates social good, but there are certainly opportunities for us to make it easier to understand, easier to use, and more affordable. And I think that I think that takes the entire ecosystem working together to foster that that commerce. And again, I think it's why we're seeing those partnerships and, and those collaborations come through. But I think I think our consumers are becoming savvier. They're increasing their expectations, even more so as we've been talking about this year, in their expectations for digital and virtual. And I think businesses are recognizing that, you know, what they're doing now might not be good enough. So again, I think we're going to see that that pace pick up and that increase in, in partnerships versus organizations trying to tackle this all on their own. And I think that really bodes well for a continued focus on innovation and the opportunities that InsureTech can really kind of bring to the table to kind of incentivize and empower some of that change as well. And I think Global Insurance Accelerator, you know, SVIA, um, Hartford Insurance Accelerator, just the whole InsureTech community really has an opportunity to really kind of encourage and to incentivize a different kind of thinking. And I think that's the power of it. Would you agree? I would, and I think there's, I, I want to, I want to expand on that a little bit. So I think when it first came out, I think there was this notion that they were here to disrupt and put traditional out of business. And at least that's not the experience that I see in working with organizations like the Global Insurance Accelerate and some others. I think it's a very much a collaborative um, organization in how can we help make your companies better. So I, I think the opportunity is even if you work for an organization that's not quite there or is not investing, I think you can still personally learn a lot by being a participant in, in organizations like that because sitting across the table from a CEO of a startup or sitting across the table from someone who's developing, you know, the next, the next insurance tech organization is a really neat experience because you're giving them wisdom and information. But I think what you find is you often get much more back mm -hmm. and it really ramps your learning and your understanding of what's happening in the marketplace. So for me personally, that's been one of my greatest joys uh, is mentoring and advising at some of the accelerators because it's helped me, I think keep my skill level up, learn, and really understand what's happening at a technology level, at a deeper level than I than I would have had I not, again, been sitting side by side trying to help them grow and having them give give back to me in return. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think for me, it's always been they really emphasize that outside the box thinking, and really kind of challenges some of the long held traditional assumptions we've had in the industry. Some you know, still have to be around, but do they have to operate in the same way? And, and I think that that's been the real eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people, myself included. It's, it's been a great experience for me. And again, if, if, you're, if you're working in an organization that hasn't invested or doesn't have these units, you can still do things personally to build your own leadership acumen and, and skills. As we kind of wrap up here, one of the questions I'd like to ask everybody is, if you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? I think for me, the word would be transformative. Love it. And I, Why do you say that? Why do I say that? Well, I, I think we've, we've talked a lot about there's this intersection of insurance and technology 
And I, I think that has power to yield these really great consumer experiences for a product that has historically been viewed as a necessary evil. So if we can flip that and change that and make that a great consumer experience, which I, which I think we can, then I think we start to see uh, bigger shifts in, in transform, transformation in the industry. So true. So true. Well, Anne, it been, it's been a great conversation with you and really appreciate your leadership in the industry with regard to um, all that you do around the InsureTech um, innovation and then also the affinity and program business. And from a leadership standpoint, you've really kind of um, providing some guidance as we all try to figure out our path to the future of insurance. No, thank you. It was, uh, it was great to be with you today and um, look forward to our, our continued dialogue and conversation on, on how we remain relevant as an industry. So thank you. Thank you.